Octopus is a podcast created by three mates, Mitch, Kippy and Dillo. This eclectic trio will discuss all their favourite topics, beers, ball sports, beers, banter and so much more. They'd like to thank and give a huge shout out to podcast partners, Noodles, for exceptional graphic design and Visus, for streetwear from the Murray lands. So make sure you hit up both Noodles and Visus. Now it's time to sit back and prepare yourself for all the banter that is the Bearded Triplets. This is your game now, gentlemen. As always, I'm joined by two of my good mates. We've got Flognuts and Floghead. Which one's which? We've got Nick Dillon first. How are you, mate? You just you spent all night thinking of that, didn't you? <laughs> Coming up with those brilliant, <laughs> brilliant insults. Yeah, I'm I reckon great, I've I reckon I've already said them twice on, a, on an episode already. So that's <laughs> good to hear. Good to hear, mate. What about you, Kempi? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> he's, he's playing his cards close to his chest. All right, with, with great beard comes great responsibility, so let's talk beards. Because if your dad doesn't have a beard, you've got two mums, two beardless mums. Yes, it's that time again. Uh, sorry, I was deep into um, my joke, which I think is an absolute ripper this week. Bear with me. I'm going to get straight into it because it's a little bit of a long one. And I'll probably, I've had a few beers, so I'll probably stuff this up as we go through. <laughs> a young man was wandering in the forest when he came upon a small house. Knocking on the door, he was greeted by an ancient Chinese man with a very long grey beard. I'm lost, said the man. Can you put me up for the night? Certainly, the Chinese man said, but only on one condition. If you so much as lay a finger on my daughter, I'll inflict upon you the three worst Chinese tortures known to man. Okay, said the man, thinking that the daughter must be pretty old as well, and entered the house. Before dinner, the daughter came down the stairs. She was young, beautiful, and had a fantastic figure. She was obviously attracted to the young man, as she couldn't keep her eyes off him. Remembering the old man's warning, he ignored her and went up to bed alone. But during the night, he could bear it no longer and snuck into her room for a night of passion. He was careful to keep everything quiet so the old man wouldn't hear and here, and he crept back into his room, exhausted, but very happy. He woke to feel a pressure on his chest. Opening his eyes, he saw a large rock on his chest with a note on it that read, Chinese torture number one, large rock on chest. Well, that's a bit crappy, he thought. If that's the best the old man can do, then I don't have too much to worry about. He picked up the boulder, walked over to the window and threw the boulder out. As he did, so he noticed another note on, the, on it that read, Chinese torture number two, rock tied to left testicle. <laughs> In a panic, he glanced down and saw the line that was already getting close to taut. Figuring that a few broken bones was better than castration, he jumped out of the window after the boulder. As he plummeted down, he saw a large sign on the ground that read, Chinese torture number three, Right testicle tied to bedpost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't mind that. Don't good mind joke. That. Not a lot of beard relevance, but <laughs> good joke. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, the Chinese man had a long grey beard, so that's, you can that's just true. put a beard on anyone in any joke now. Well, pretty well. That's what I did there. I just thought it was pretty funny. It was a bit of a slow burn, but we got there. Good joke, mate. We got well there. Done. We def we definitely did. All right, boys. I'm back. Did, 
plenty to talk about in the sporting realm, so let's get stuck into ball sports. All right, footy, footy, footy. Finals is just around the corner. What are we thinking, lads? Um, do we want to go through the games first? Yep. Or what's been a happening? Preview. Bit of a preview first, I reckon, for the finals. Yep. Yeah, I think it's been quite a while since the last game. Let's put it all behind us. Carlton aren't in the finals. Crows aren't in the finals. So it's not really relevant. <laughs> hey, so call you Wimbledon because you're going to go out in straight sets again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, but they'll kick a good score. They'll kick six goal twenty two, and they'll get close. <laughs> That's it. Hey, uh, so Thursday, didn't even get through qualifying, mate. <laughs> uh, Thursday, Port v Geelong, Adelaide Oval too, which is quite nice for the stadium. I'm excited for that. I reckon that's going to be a ripper. Port's um, obviously yeah playing some good footy this year. Geelong has got that experience, and I just like the way Port play their their footy too. So. Um, Thursday night footy. Can't ask for a better start to finals, I reckon. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting one. Like, obviously, Port have the home crowd. I think they'll get, what do you reckon they'll get close to 30,000 there, maybe, yeah. I reckon? It's yeah. sold out. Sold yeah. out today. Yeah, so they'll have that. But just the way that uh, Geelong dismantled them up on the Gold Coast earlier in the year with Big Tomahawk kicking six, um, sort of, sort of, you know, etched his place in the All-Australian side in that game. Um, it'll be an interesting one, but then like previous final series, like Geelong have been really good during the year and then they've sort of floated out of relevance come finals time. So it's a real interesting, it's a live ball one for me. Like, I don't know who to pick. You picked yeah, Geelong. I think it'd be a good game. They need to, be, Geelong like, based need on to shut Hawkins down. That's like you say, yeah. that's the issue. Yeah. So you say they him? dismantled them, but did they dismantle them too early? Like, did they play all their cards in that round? Now, Port sort of had a good look at it. They can do their homework and go in. I'm the same yeah. as you, Nick. I like the way Port go about it. I think they'll probably win with the home crowd. Yeah, with the league speed and stuff. But what happens if so either time either team loses? So if Port lose, they play another a, final yeah, at Adelaide they, Oval. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. But if Geelong lose or win, they're gonna be back up in the Gold Coast. Yeah. Depends yeah. who they're playing. If they're playing uh, a team Oh, they that can they can't play Brisbane at all, can they? Um, no, unless it's a grand final. Oh no, no, think, they can. I reckon if in a prelim, play them in a prelim. Because I think yeah. if Geelong, however it works out, if it's a Melbourne, Melbourne team versus a Queensland team, they can choose to play it at at Adelaide. I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't think Geelong. They didn't have Abler or Selwood either back then against Port. Like, I don't know. It'll just be an interesting to wait to see how Ken Hinckley goes about it and how you're going to be able to negate that. Like, Tom Jonas is going to have to have a big game and it might be a little bit more to do with cutting off the supply and giving the defenders a bit more of a chance rather than, you know, wrestling with yeah. big Tomahawk. Yeah. A couple, of, that, a couple of those older bodies might help Port too. It's slow, slow Geelong yeah. down a bit. Port's a bit more run and gun style. Yeah. Um, that's what I was about to speak about. Some of those kids that just play with real confidence for... For they like Butters and, and Dersma, um, Rosie, and looking forward to seeing those guys in action in their first finals. Um, they're mm. great to watch. So. That's the question mark, though, isn't it? I haven't played in a final yet, but it's not a final like any other. So, yeah. you know, it's probably more like a home and away game because they're getting 30,000 there. Well, that's probably yeah. more than Port get, but they bring um, a lot of confidence, though, those kids. So you know, they're, they're going to play on the edge, and I think, um, I think they'll handle it well. Yeah, I'm tipping Port. 
one to twenty-five. Yeah, I'm on port as well. It can't do it. I'm going to go Geelong <laughs> by three points. Oh, Typical, three points straight out. Typical crows, Nuffy. Well, here we go. <laughs> what about your game Friday night, Nico? Where are you watching that too? Uh, probably duck down to the pub somewhere and, and have a couple of quiet beers and, and then maybe a few more if we win. So Turn them into loud ones. Yeah, it should be good. I'm, I'm a lot more confident this year than what I was last year going into this game. It's just obviously the same final at the same venue. Um, I don't know, it's just been a bit more of a low-key build-up. There's a lot of talk about, you know, Lions being back in finals and everything last year. Um, this year just seems to be a lot more low-key. So I think uh, having the experience of last year, they'll be okay. Richmond yeah. have won a lot of games in a row in Queensland, though, haven't they? They yeah. don't yep. They don't seem to mind playing up there. I don't know. Did they I, say, say in the awards last night that Dusty's never played in a losing game at the Gabba? No, he hasn't played in a losing game against the Lions. Oh, the Lions. Yeah. yeah right. So, I mean, the last last time so Brisbane right beat Richmond was 09. But yeah, yeah. But just <laughs> obviously it's a lot more, more extensive than that. So Was that was that 09 team when you had the Loosh? The Loosh? Fevolution? No. Uh, no, that was a year after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the that last was time good, they played finals. Yeah. That, was, that worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> I, think you, I think you want <laughs> Richmond to... Um, Take a pun on a few players. I reckon that'll go into your hands. Like, will Prestia Lynch play? Lynch. Will they roll the dice on Prestia? There was one more that, that got injured. I just want to see a box on with Caddy? Mitch Robinson and Tom Lynch. Yeah, oh, that'd yeah, be nice. Caddy. Yeah. <laughs> Big Mitchie Robinson just to get in there, yapping like a yeah. dog. That'll be fantastic to see. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were a bit the same as well, Kempi. We've got Andrews obviously coming back from that hamstring injury a couple of weeks earlier than expected. Yeah, they, I think they will. They, they've done that with all their, their um, hamstring injuries this year. They've Brought them back a lot earlier. And then Jared Berry comes back as well from a shoulder injury, which is expected to keep him out as well. So there's going to be a few iffy blokes out there. See how um, they get tested in that, that first five or ten minutes. So yeah. what's, your, what's your tip, Kempi? Uh I think the Lions, as long as they hold up in the first quarter, it'll come down. It, it's all up top for them, I think, really. They've got the ability there. As long as they can kick straight, like, that's, that's a massive one. If they start kicking points... In the first final, you can win Wood and Mitch because I think they will go out in straight sets because that'll just get in their head and they won't be able to kick a score. But I'm tipping them to kick straight early and, and win. Yeah. You, Nico, you? obviously going for the Lions, Nick? Yeah. I, I don't think it'll be necessarily be the... I think it will be the first quarter with the accuracy, but second quarter and third quarter where, is where Richmond's blown us away in the past couple of times we've played them. So, um, yeah, if we can just hold on and be in the game late, I think we're a chance. Yeah, I'm going. You probably know this because I'm going Richmond, but I hope they. I hope they don't win. Fucking yeah. hate Richmond, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I haven't recovered from 2017 still, but just the way that they know how to play finals, I just they're think, a quality side. Yeah, they'll rock. Like you saw throughout the year, all the injuries they had, like they still managed to win games. So, yep. um, I think they're sort of peaking at the right time as well. So I think Richmond just, but I hope Brisbane win. Good not stuff. because you go, not because you go for them, but I just hate it. <laughs> Next game, uh, St Kilda Western Bulldogs on Saturday afternoon. Um, That's going to be a ripper as well. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll all four point. of these games. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think they're all. F- well, I suppose they should be in finals, but I think they're all. There's no real clear cut. Clear cut, I reckon. You might say West Coast, but we can talk about that later. But. Oh, I don't really know. Oh, 
I just don't rely – well, both of those sides, you can't rely on them. Like, they've played some really good games against quality opposition and they'll come out and play uh, a terrible you – know, not a good side or a side not in the finals and they'll get beat. So both of them don't really have, I think, game plans that stand up in finals football. They're a bit, yeah, all one-way traffic and you can get – they get hurt too much going the other way. Yeah, a little bit like Carlton, but they actually do – stop a run better than what we do. So it, it'll, it'll come down to the midfield, I think. Um, and I think Western Bulldogs midfield is better than St Kilda, but I think St Kilda probably got some better stoppers that can actually stop Western Bulldogs midfield. And that's why I think probably St Kilda might win. So who does Jack Steele go to? Does he go to the Bond? No, uh, I reckon you just play him as an out-and-out midfielder. He doesn't tag. Well, he does. Just go, go ahead. Not this year, he hasn't. Just go head to head. Yeah, he's, he's had he's had run with roles. He ran with not Neil. a tag, but but if you if yeah. you take away uh, Jack Steele's focus to you know get the footy, who like who's going to do anything for? Yeah, but like Kemi says, more of a run with role. He sort of just plays yeah. on the opposition's best. Right, he's all Australian. All Australian should have been a starting All Australian. Should have been. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah, but, that, I agree. but that's right. it, the way he plays. He's, he plays on the opposition's best midfielder and, and beats him at mm. the coalface. So, yeah, um, yeah. It, he did I it at the Paddy Cripps. He, yeah, I think he's done it. Yeah, he he'll go to. Oh, I don't know whether he'll go to Bond. I'm a crazy. Goes forward. You uh, might get like a. Um, oh, what's the Bailey Smith? Nah, what's the? Yeah, he might go to Bailey Smith. Actually. I love Bailey Smith. Because he's been, he has been tagged out of a game. No, I'm talking the Saint. Uh, who's the Saint? The blonde fella, Seb Ross. Seb Ross. He generally yeah. does more of a shutdown role. He might go to Bond. Yeah, actually, think, Ross Ross did play on Neil as well, so he's done yeah, that yeah. as well this year. I think the Bulldogs will probably win. Uh, it's just like you said, Campy. It's just hard to read because, like, one week, you know, Western Bulldogs come out and look like 26 the 2016 Bulldogs, and then the next week yeah. they look absolutely mm-hmm. shit house. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. If St. Kilda can sort of bring that uh, form they had when they knocked off Port in Adelaide, um, I think it would be pretty beneficial. Does the buy suit either team? Getting a bit of a freshen up? Or is it Uh, better? Probably the the Bulldogs because they're sweating on Norton and Wallace. So that's obviously two pretty key components of their forward line. In particular, Wallace who's kicked a lot of goals this year. Gives a chance. For like a Hannah Breed of freshen up for St. Kilda after playing one week. What about the ruck battle? Can Rowan Marshall and Paddy Ryder get on top of Tim English? Oh, yeah. Oh, take, take him to the cleaners? Well, Tim, yeah. they haven't even, there's been times this year where they haven't even rucked Tim English. They've been, been using Josh Dunkley. So, so they um, need a – yeah, I think Brett Ratton's a good coach. So if he can utilise their advantages, I think St. Kilda will be a real show. But I can't see the Bulldogs midfield getting beaten. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. But it would be great for the Saints to win. Just another tick in the box for a, a ex-coach. That's um, been given yeah. another gig again. So, love and Rats. we Rats him, doing well. And we picked him as the All Australian coach. So please win a final. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> they they didn't name a coach for that, did they? No, they didn't. We'll get to that a bit later. But yeah, no, that was yeah. surprising. Okay. That might be probably not. Yeah, West Coast Collingwood. It's probably the game I'm least interested in. It's still going to be a cracker, but I'm... Good old Collingwood forever. <laughs> Mitchie Noy, Collingwood supporter from 2016. <laughs> no, 27, uh, 2018 when they Mason Cox went bang. <laughs> I think they'll win. Collingwood? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, I think West Coast. 
I just got think some, that um, players coming back, so it should be interesting. Yeah, I think Collingwood's trajectory is up and West Coast's trajectory is down. Trajectory or trajectory? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Same thing, isn't it? <laughs> trajectory. <laughs> yeah, I'm projecting that they'll win the game. So their trajectory is up. And I'm projecting. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Um, no, you're, pro- you're probably right there, though. Uh, yeah, I th- West Coast I think, have yeah. a bit. Yeah, they're starting to get more injuries. Their form isn't as good. But yes, they, it's over in the whacker. But all right, <laughs> Collingwood. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's oh, an no, Optus, Optus. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> I love another drink. Um, but Collingwood play. Collingwood play better back back against the wall sort of um, football. I think. That's yeah, when they play their best footy. And they're, back they're pretty good interstate. Yeah, but sorry, um, Nick. Back earlier in the year when West Coast sort of trounced um, and trampled all over Collingwood, they didn't have their, like, they didn't have Pendlebury playing. Um, I know oh, he's yeah. just one player, but he just, yeah, he just calms them down so much. And then with West Coast having those few out, I think, yeah. I don't know if they'll be able to beat whoever loses out of Port and Geelong if they get through, but I think they'll knock off West Coast. Yeah, I, I think West I think, Coast will win purely because it's, it's their home game. You know, they'll be playing. How many are they going to be playing in front of? 30, I think. 30,000. You know what West Coast fans are like. They'll be delivered out of bounds all, all yeah, night. Collingwood, lots of Collingwood supporters everywhere. Though. There'll be a few there. You'd be surprised. Oh, there, there will be, but you know, West Coast are fanatical. It's, be, it's a bit different yeah. to like a, a West Coast Collingwood game compared to a Brisbane Collingwood can game we, with the Gabba. Can we agree whoever wins that game probably loses the next week? I just uh, think going over there and then having to travel back, too much travel. No one else has had to do it. Unless unless West Coast is playing Port at Adelaide Oval because they love playing in the finals there. Even even Collingwood and Geelong. Like Collingwood have been pretty good against Geelong in, in previous years. That's so, that's the know. weak side of the draw, I think. Yeah, I just think that Maybe they've had to go over teams. there, go over there, hub, play a game, come back. We'll have to hub again. Yeah. No, they won't have to hub again. On the way back, they have to hub there. So it's just a, I don't know, it's a bit different to everyone else. That's my thoughts anyway. Yeah. I'll yep. um, be an interesting round of finals anyway. Yeah. What is uh, What are your thoughts, Mitchie, on getting Scotty Burns to the cows? Crowies. Yeah, I love it. Um, instead of having the, like, sort of, I guess the stigma around the Crows coaching panel in, you know, the last decade or even longer has been sort of the bit of the boys club. So... Um, get someone in there with fresh eyes that hasn't sort of really been involved with the club before. In saying that, it looks like Nathan Van Berlo is going back to the Crows, which is an ex-captain, which is a good thing. I think he's going to be a good coach, but... um, Where was he? He was... uh, I think he was at the Crows, but then he's been at West Coast the last couple of years, so... Yeah, so you've um, got someone coming from Hawthorne, someone coming from West Coast. I'd be happy with that. No, I'm happy with it. I just, yeah, I'm more... I'm rubbing my hands together about the possibility of uh, Barmy coming over. Oh, Neil Barm. Best beard in the business. Yeah, fucking mm. oath. You guys would be gross <laughs> fans if he rolled in. I don't think so, mate. <laughs> no, not even fucking close. No, Michael yeah, I, Jordan could suit up for the Crows and I wouldn't go for him. <laughs> <laughs> what about your, someone from your Steelers? What if one of them rolled into the Crows, mate? I don't even know any of them. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know Ben, Big Ben. Yeah. Roethlisberg. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's um, about it. Now, if we get Neil Baum, Scott Burns, Nathan Van Bello in there, just real yeah. refresh. Um, but then again, you need to have um, 
the cattle as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I think know, it's a big season. thing for Scott Burns to go there because he, he's obviously applied for that job in the past. So he's had to swallow his pride and go back there. I think it's fantastic that um, he can do that. And yeah, he's been point. not just at Hawthorne, obviously, he's um, been at Collingwood, he's been at, been at West Coast, he's um, done a fair old apprenticeship. So yeah, he'll be really good for Maddie Nix, I think. Yeah, and Stevie J to GWS, I think, was the other one. I reckon that'll be pretty good for them. He'll fit yeah. in with that young group, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, he, he was at Sydney, he'll, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he would have played with a lot of those guys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll be good for them, I think. I see Justin Norm? Lepich finished up today. Or finishing, oh, really? Finishing I didn't up the see that, yeah. Yeah, so I don't, know, I don't think he's going to another club, but um, just perhaps, a casu- perhaps a casualty of the, of the COVID situation, I'm not sure, but... He's um they they rate him pretty highly down at Richmond. What he's done with their young kids and the forward line, he sent that forward line around in 2017. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where like is there any head coaching vacancies that you can see coming up or uh yeah, there was four last year, but generally if there's a lot in one year, I don't think I don't know. I think the Melbourne uh, members would like to see a new coach by some of the stuff you see on social media, but I don't. Mm. I think Goodwin's. Pretty safe by the looks. What about Horse at Sydney? I mean, he's been there for a, for a long time now. He just re-signed last year, though. Yeah. If he but, if yeah. he if he was going to go, he would have. Yeah, but and if he was going to go, I reckon he would have went to North last and year. And he turned their form around towards the end of the year. He basically changed their game style, and they started winning yep. games of footy. I think he's pretty. You know, who I reckon's. It's probably hard. He's only been in the job for a year, but Reece Shaw's probably. You know, if he doesn't well, turn things around. He's, he's been fucked by the. Um, has he though? The, the the position the club thought they were in, like why like he's like as bad as the Crows were this year, they only they ended up losing one one more ga- one more game than North, yeah. I think. And mm. but the amount like you got um Sean Higgins, Todd Goldstein, all the like I know we had, you know, Gibbs and Tex and all those guys, but they've only recently just signed those deals, Goldstein and Sean Higgins. Like you should have got rid of them a year ago when they actually had currency. The big mistake yeah. that North made was getting rid of all their, you know, as much as he looks and was a bad player, my, uh, my opinion, Ferrito and all those blokes at the same the time. Brian. Harvey and Petrie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you yeah, need it. It's a transition. But I think... But he took the job on saying that they're yeah. in the window. Like, if you read all the media reports yeah. and you watched his... Speech yeah. at the presentation dinner, like he was like, "We're ready to go." We'll play I think finals. after round one or round two, he was yeah talking about playing finals yeah. as well. It's, it's, and a, it's, like, it's a big call. You don't make those calls as a coach. You just talk about the process as a lot of coaches do. Yeah. And you don't well, make those big calls. That's what I like quiet. about Reshaw, though. It puts yeah, his, that's it's good quality. Good, he's got his personality and he's like he, that's the way Heath Shaw's a bit like that as well. Like obviously which not is, the same, but which is fine. But if it doesn't work out, it's obviously going to yeah. come back hard on the sleeves type operators. He was yep. sort of th- like, it's interesting because he was sort of chucked in there and like he probably thought, you know, I'll do three or four years here, maybe go to another club and then look for a head coaching job. He's sort of been thrust right in it. If he, if it doesn't work out for him, will he get another go ever or will it be like Voss? I think Voss will get another go. Yeah, yeah. But it's been a long time. It has been a long time. But yeah, we, obviously we spoke about that with the rat set stigma is slowly changing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to predict, isn't it? But with Rats, he, took, so. he took Carlton to the finals. He did. Mm. So, oh, it's yeah. interesting anyway. Yeah. yeah. So did we want to move on to the All-Australian bit? Because I did a little bit of stuff. Yep. I wrote that some sounds notes. good. 
So obviously this um, All-Australian squad got announced last night. And out of our prediction, which was after round 11, was it? Yeah. 11, round 11, 12, round 12. Midway. Yeah. So we're... Midway, midway through the 17 round season at round 12. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are striking at 50%. Wow. 11, 11 out of 22 we got. What I still about, think our side's better. What about the squad? Um, oh, I didn't really, I didn't go into the squad because I thought we'd just talk about the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so there were some people in the that we had in our team that didn't even make the squad. Jared Lyons for one. Joke, uh, absolute joke. Todd Goldstein. Goldie? Yeah, yeah. Another joke. Uh, Dan Butler, did he make the squad? Made the squad and he should have made the team. Nick, uh, Nick, I think when we spoke about it, you thought McGluggage wasn't having that great a year. Um, and then if he kicked goals, he should made it. He made, yeah, but he made the All Australian forty. Yeah, I was, and Lions didn't even. I was surprised by that. I thought our three would have been Neil Lions and, and Andrews. Maybe Cameron sneak in, but Cameron yeah. wasn't good enough for the team. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed with that. He so, hasn't had it that good a year. Yeah. So out of the squad that we originally sort of debated, we had four players in that got outvoted. So whether that was um, Mitch's Greg Chapel rule, or um, we couldn't decide on one. So Brad Shepherd got in, he uh, yeah. in the squad, but um, he got he was my selection. They got bumped out for Caleb Daniel, who made the squad anyway. So he's he's on the interchange in the in the side, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maynard, had, Maynard didn't make it, did he? Nah. No, so we had um, Brad Maynard and Nick Haynes got bumped. Um, who else was there? We had Luke Ryan, uh, Taylor, Taylor Adams. Um, yeah, he was on the bench, I think. Yeah, he was on the bench of ours, but we took him out for Dusty Martin. Um, and the other one was Tom Hawkins for Kennedy. So that were the four. Yeah, Hawks um, obviously in there now. Yeah. So you did say Ryan Nick, but he wasn't. Well, in we also we also discussed Burn Jones. Yeah. yeah. So yep, our, our squad was Daniel Andrews Doherty. So Doherty didn't make it. More Weedering, who I think was really stiff. And whoever yep. was stiff again, like, was um, Stephen May or Weedering. I think one of those two probably could have made that other key defensive post, not a, we- um, a Moore and a Haynes for mine. Uh, we had Maynard, McRae was in, Neil was in. We had Scott Pendlebury. Um, he just missed. Too, he just probably missed yeah. too many games in the end. Yeah, um, and then we got hammered in the in the four lines. We'll speak about that in a minute. So we had Toby Green, Charlie Cameron, um, Tom Papley, and Kennedy who didn't make it. We had uh, Dixon and Petrarca made um, that, and then uh, on ballers we did all right. They were in the side. So Nick Nat, Jack Steele, and Trav Boak, um, and then we had. Dusty Martin, Dan Butler, Jared Lyons, and Goldie on the bench. Yeah, I guess with with um Charlie, like obviously I, I reckon Charlie Cameron, Toby Green, they like their like finish of the season yeah, didn't deserve it. Yeah. Uh, Dan, I'd have I would have still had Dan Butler, and I think Tom Papley, what he did in a in a Sydney side that finished what fifteenth or something, probably deserved it. His second half of the year was pretty poor too. Yeah, but if you're gonna pick blokes on their position, you should pick the ones that have been forming mm. over that year. We didn't even have Dangerfield on the bloody side. And they had him as fucking captain. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. 
I, I thought Trevor Boak was pretty stiff enough to be a captain. Shoo-in. Mm. Both are Mark captains, though. So yeah, that, that's... Much or muchness. I don't know. But, yeah, I think maybe it's the best player. I would have given it to Lockie Neal. He's going to win the Brownlow. Just give it to the best player, the captain. How else do you do it? Yeah, um, I, I, for mine, I thought... I gave it to Buddy one year. I thought Cam Guthrie... I don't know about that. I don't. I haven't watched many. I would have had Menangola. Yeah, same Menangola. Yeah. I reckon I push for him in our side. Proper yeah, wingman. Time. I don't know about the Bont for mine. Yeah. Not they really didn't that pick five. They didn't pick five. I thought well, five. five had a better year than Bont. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but probably not good enough to get in that side. Though. I think certainly not the year that he's had previously. And I also thought, yeah, I thought. Um, obviously, I'm a one-eyed Carlton spot. But I thought Jacob Wiedering was pretty tough. He didn't get beat at all this year in a side that finished outside did, the finals. Did the Blues yeah, get any in the end? Uh, no. Nah. Um, yeah, Sam he probably tailed off towards the end, so that's fair. But I thought Weedering deserved his... Yeah. Maynard real stiff too. Maynard yeah, definitely stiff. Maynard. Yeah, I, I just think... Are Haynes and more similar players? Yeah, I think so. I think they're I more know. the third tool. Yeah, Moore's probably more of a shutdown. But, yeah. But oh, I wouldn't be picking Nick... I wouldn't be picking any GWS players in the way they finished the season. Mm. Especially not in defence. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good point. No, um, I think he was very lucky. But I, we, we sort of... I, I was just disappointed that you get mids in a lot in the forward line. Like, you got Dusty in a forward pocket, Bont on a half-forward flank. Like, there's guys that have had just as... Yeah, but put him on the bench or put him on yeah, the ball. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, but actually, probably, he probably could play a half-forward or a forward pocket. But there was... Was there another one? I haven't got the team Bont. on me, but yeah, Bont was one. Yeah, Danger. Um, Bont Danger Yeah, no, it's it's just oh Dangerfield, yeah, yeah, it's just Dusty, poor, you know, like and Bontepelli. If you're not good enough to make that that midfield, then you're just not good enough. Play wingman there, um, like I say, put him on the bench. I think it's just a, a loving Agreed. from the selectors. They go, oh well, we can't have Dangerfield miss out. We can't have Dusty miss out, um, and so they. Mm. They're not rewarding guys who've had um, terrific years in their positions. And I just think it's an injustice. Yeah, I totally agree. But yeah, I thought Liam Ryan was a good selection. We didn't really have him, but I think he's probably... I've seen enough West Coast games. He was pretty consistent throughout the whole year. Yeah, I agree. He's good to watch. So yeah, 11 out of 22 is not bad. Halfway through the year, boys. Well done. Lock it in. That's it. Go what about any upcoming free agents? Any upcoming trades you want to see? The listings? You got a bit of a summary for us, Kempi? Yeah. So clubs that have already delisted players, we won't talk names unless you've got ones you want to bring up specifically. So Gold Coast had delisted seven, had three retirees, so 10. Um, Adelaide have so far had three delistings, one retiree. Carlton have had four delistings, two retirees. Essendon, five and two. Frio, four delistings. Melbourne, three. Port, four delistings. That's funny because they're still in the finals. In the finals, yeah. Yeah, and two retirees. Um, obviously, Jack Watts was one of those. And then you got um, the Hoff. Um, and then two other clubs that have had just purely retirees. We haven't delisted anyone. Hawthorne's got four. Um, and GWS to get two. I sort of scum over the list. Um, a little bit and for mine the only one that I would like to see at my club or probably is a little bit hard done by is Riley Knight yeah um, anyone else in the grants well what do you think with that Mitch 
Yeah, he, I, I agree. Back in, I think he played in the 2017 grand final from memory. Um, but yeah, when he's on, he is extremely dangerous. But I, it just seems that, like, he, how old is he? 26, maybe 25, 26. Um, it seems they go on the way. You sort of get Tyson Stengel um, in our forward line that in that small forward role. So I reckon definitely he deserves another opportunity. He'd probably fit in. Isn't well he a with mid? Forward mid. Yeah. Forward mid. He'd, See, I'd, he'd fit in I'd well with take Eddie. Him as a hard nosed midfielder. Yeah, I don't know if he's, he's got the. He's more of a. From what I can gather, he's more of an anaerobic athlete rather than a. Um, you know, he won't. He's like he. He's not unfit or anything, but he's not yet. Run all day. Doesn't have the set up. Um, but he'll be. He's almost like not as quick and not as impactful, but he almost plays a bit like Charlie Cameron, like that. Impact, impact, impact can kick goals. Um, yeah. I was a fan because he actually had a crack, which yeah, is very rare too. for someone for the Crows. What about Marley? <laughs> what about Marley Williams? Oh, he was a bit stiff. Second club. Nah. Second club. I, I like yeah. the way he goes about it. Yeah. He's just dumb a dozen, mate. Anyone, North, it, 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 nah. anyone, <laughs> anyone from North Melbourne that got delisted, like Mason Man Wood Jack. was a bit of a bit of a shock. And Man yeah. Jack. Mason Wood has promised a lot for a long time. I know, but, but they've what? been playing him in the side, so I'd pick him I up. I expect those guys to get delisted Mason if they're Wood. in their twenty-two. So, I yeah, Mason, Mason Wood will get a crack at another club, but he just obviously doesn't fit in the Reese's plans. But Majak, Majak, Majak Door has been on the list for nine seasons and played yeah, right. 20-something games. Here's a curveball for you. Mad Jack Door, GWS Ruckman, thoughts? Uh, no, because I reckon they'll go for someone else. Yeah, they're, they're chasing someone else, aren't they? I thought I heard that today. Yeah. Big Bruce. Yeah, I that's think, right. Big Bruce, yeah. What, what I think with Mad Jack anyway is he needs to be played in a position where he can use his athleticism as a Ruckman, I think. But in saying that, you never know what you know, there might be underlying things with his body that means he can't go on as well. So, did he did he play his best footy down back though? I, I reckon. Yeah, yeah but definitely. Where he's how good was it? How good was it seeing the athletic ability of him and Nat Nui going at it in the ruck that time when they played yeah. against? That was awesome to see. So, I don't know. I just think he's been like they tried him forward, they tried him back, they tried him in the ruck, then they tried him back. It's hard to get settled when you get moved all the time. So, I don't know. Even Collingwood, maybe something like that. He played a reserves game for him. Oh, did he? In the scratchy. Yeah, right. Interesting. Where do we think um, Ben Brown's going? He's, Ho- he's out. Hopefully, to my mob, I'd love to see him up at the Lions. Really? Yeah. Him or, him or Joe Danaher? I prefer Brown. It's just, you just don't know what you're going to get with Joe. At least with Brown, you know, he's a lead up target. Nine goals in eight games. Yeah, he kicked 60 in each of the three years prior. So, All hits the ground, you get nothing. But I guess yeah, Charlie Cameron's there. Yeah. Exactly. We've got guys around him. So he's, he's the perfect guy we need. We get Danaher up there. It's too much the same as Hipwood, I think. So Brown I, and in I think McStay. Uh, maybe not necessarily clubs, but maybe um, supporters get a little bit too caught up on worrying about things that their players can't do rather mm-hmm. than what they can do. Now, if that boy can kick you 60 goals, I don't give a fuck what he can't do on the ground. Yeah. He's Would you take him goals. at Carlton? Nah. Our forward line's stacked, mate. No, it's not. Oh, it's six games. Your forward line's not stacked. They get Charlie Gurnow back. They got Harry Mackay, who took some really big steps. Second McGarvin, Casbolt. Oh, not McGarvin, but Casbolt as well. Yeah, TDK. Your best forward is Charlie Gurnow. That's four forwards that are better than anything in the Crow setup, Mitchie. 
No, I don't know. We've got Big Easy. I'd have, I'd have him at Brisbane. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, no, don't I, talk I, shit. No, hang on. Who beat the baggers, mate? So you just remember that till next year. It's one game and we gave I'm it to you because the Bryce line. Gibbs was retiring. We felt sorry that we actually offloaded him to the crowd. Oh, you felt sorry <laughs> so you lost the game. Oh, yeah. Poor bloke. Where's went my violin? Poor bloke went to the Crows, couldn't get a game, and then comes out and gets 27 touches. What the hell are they doing? Seriously. Who knows? But yeah, ben Brown might go to the Crows. Nah. Couldn't fit in our forward line. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, – I just I reckon he might end up at Essendon, but, geez, they're in a world of pain coming up in the next few years, I reckon, Essendon. What is happening there? I love it. Speaking of Essendon, Fantasia or Fantasia, however never you want. However you want he wants to come back to a South Australian club, but yeah. he doesn't fit into Portside for my It's got to be Crows. I read today but that he's, he's done or doing a medical well. at both SA clubs currently. Yeah. He's here at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he is. So. My, uh, it's my hot mail. I'd take you two days ago, Kempi. It was two days ago. Yesterday, but two days ago. So not so hot. Lukewarm mail. <laughs> it was mail. <laughs> um, so do you, would the Crows have him? I'd take him, but I don't necessarily would. know. I just don't know where, like, what this form at the end of the year actually means. Like, are we going to be, like, as shit as we were this year, next year? Or are we going to be slightly more competitive around, you know, the Frio sort of mould? Or, I don't know. It just depends on where we'll... Mm. I don't know. I think definitely Fantasia... With how old is he? Twenty four, something like that. He probably. I think he's older, that. wouldn't he? Yeah, he's gonna be like twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, well, maybe if, if he's twenty six or seven, then maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. Do, like, do they need twenty five? Like, do you need a mid forward that's going to break down every like three weeks? Probably not. Yeah, that's but fair. we just have quite, one in Riley Knight. At his at his best, though, he's he's definitely. I think well, at this stage, he's Crows, probably in anyone's twenty one. Well, really. The Crows would take you, anything at this stage. But why would you get rid of Riley Knight if you're going to just pick up Orazio Fantasia? Like he's like, I don't know. I'd and Fantasia. The last yeah, you like take Knight Fantasia for... on his 2018 form, not yeah. his last two years. I think you'd rather Knight because not too many. If he wants to come, not too many other people are. In all honesty, Mitch, not too many people are going to be sticking their hand up the play for the Crows. So. Oh yeah, um, and Carlton are just rolling in free agents. Zach Williams, fourth tier midfielder that you're going to pay a million dollars. He's not a fourth yeah, tier midfielder. So that was my next one. Mate, how did Gino Resco this year? So? Well, they're out you the can't final. blame another one player. One bloke, yeah, mate. Like, they're supposed to have this super... Oh, you and your fucking blue goggles, jeepers. What, you don't reckon Zach Williams is a Zach Williams is a good player, but he's not going to take you from six games to 37 wins. No, he's going to take you from not. six games not. to seven games. No, we don't play 37 games. That's why. Well, well, it's, half- another, it's another quality Tibble player that they're adding to through this. a season and there's only 12 games, mate. So don't get stuck into bed yeah, counting. <laughs> get your Carlton bloody hating no, goals off. I just he's, think a, he's a quality mid that well, we're happy to pay that. overs for because that's what they need. He's I the best free agency that. in the pool at the moment, isn't he? Zach Williams. Oh, I understand yeah. that. But I'm just saying that you guys and everybody in the media acts like Carlton are so much further along than the Crows, which they should be with the amount of... Um, Kempe didn't say that, though. He was just talking about... He acts like, oh, nobody from the Crows would be able to make it into our side, all this sort of stuff. But you won three more games than us. Like, yes, you're ahead of us, but you're not, you know, the cream of the crop. You started the set. I thought you guys were going to play finals. But... I don't know. Injuries, I guess. 
Charlie Kerno, Charlie Kerno coming back is a big thing, though. I'd play him in the middle. Well, they might have to. They might play McGovern down back because their forward line stacked. I told you that before. McGovern, McGovern won't get a game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. I, I don't mind McGovern, but he needs to do a little bit more. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I think Zach Williams is good, and if they can get. Jack Graham, he's another one they're, they're speaking. He no, just re-signed, he just re-signed with Richmond. With Richmond. Yeah. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. well, they crossed the line through him. I think they need two. Like, there's every chance that one of them will get injured, so two would be handy. All righty, guys, moving into the build your ultimate footballing section now. And last week we spoke about X Factor. Um, we had a couple of social media suggestions. One was Sue Rioli. I believe that was Brad Richards. So Sue Rioli, yep. Definitely got the X factor there, um, yep. but I still think that Stevie J was the uh, clear winner in the X factor Please. states. But, um, I had someone on um, Facebook, an old Aussie coordinator that went Jason Manus. That's yeah. one yeah. yours, wasn't yeah. it, Nico? Uh, I was going to pick him, yeah, but I ended up going Juddy. Yeah, it's all my favourites. Yep. Yep. So this week we're talking courage. So we'll go with you first, Dillo. Uh, another Lions player. Oh, is this the <laughs> bloody build your own lion or the build your own footballer? What is that? Oh, mate, it's, it's going to be a lot better than your ultimate football, put it that way. Uh, I've gone, I, I would have gone Michael Voss, but I've already, already gone for him. He was um, one of the cra- most courageous captains that ever played. But I've gone for um, big bad John O'Brien. Um, that mark he took against Hawthorne running back with a flight all those years ago was, um, I think he was only. 19, 20 years old at the time, just showed what was to come from from Brownie, and um, you know, it was just courageous and you know doing that consistently and throwing himself in, into packs and um, you know it was as a as a young Lions fan at the time it was it was actually inspirational to watch, but unfortunately he kept on doing that to his own detriment. He ran into uh, McFarlane's knee, putting his head over the footy, uh, got cleaned up by his own teammate Mitch Clark. Um, then the same thing happened at training um, with Matt McGuire and just constant concussions just because of his recklessness and his courage to put his body on the line ended up costing him his career. And let's not forget that John O'Brien also totaled a car while he was riding his bike as well. So, And like he said, uh, I don't run in my face. He's uh, one of the most courageous blokes that would pull on a, on a Lions Guernsey and possibly a footy Guernsey this century. The grab he took against Hawthorne, going back with the flight, one of the best marks I've ever seen. Yeah, it's just I I could never see see myself doing that. Although Mitchie, we did see a bit of footage of you doing that uh, big backflip. Yeah, for for Joe Voice and and the commentators got the name wrong and said it was your brother. <laughs> yeah, that was always nice. Yeah, I um to be honest, I thought someone said go Mitch. Turns out they said no Mitch. So, <laughs> but you yeah. went. Yeah, the pretty, balls. I, I like it. Yeah, pretty lucky though. I thought I was going to land on my neck halfway through the air, but. I uh, landed in the recovery position, so I was all right. But I wouldn't be comparing my, neck, I wouldn't be comparing my football ability to Jonathan Brown. That's for sure. What about you, Kempi? Yeah, John O'Brown's a good call. There's a fine line, though, isn't there? Courage and stupidity. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, he was definitely a courageous. Player, that's for sure. But put himself in some positions maybe that he probably could have avoided for his team. But it's in or there. Um, and I don't mind. Um, that you're going for a Brisbane person because I'm going to go for a Carlton person. I think you tend to lean that way purely because you watch more of their games, I suppose. But a couple of guys that I um, thought about putting in, and it's not courage per se for football um, efforts, but it's 
for stuff that they've had to endure off the field. So, like, obviously, Magic told the stories many times um, about what he had to go through to get back on the on the field. I think it was really good. And the other one from the same club, really, Jason McCartney, after the Bali bombings. Um, I thought it was pretty courageous, um, him being able to get back and play some footy. And obviously, he didn't play a super amount of games after that. But, you know, th- those two are like super efforts. It's courage not on the field itself, but just what they did. Um, but I went for a, the little man from Carlton in a long sleeve. He's recently retired, had one of the best beards in the business, and that's Kate Tipson. I think pound for pound, that little fella puts himself in that many positions that he gets punched, he gets back up. Look, he's that tough. He tried to eat a football earlier this year. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think I love the way he goes about it. He's been one of the most courageous players, I think, that's played for Carlton um, that I've seen. Um, he's probably not someone that's going to be foremost of people's mind. Um, you know, you talk of the John O'Browns or your Joel Selwoods, that type, but for, for his size, he just he goes back with a flight, he takes mark after mark, he gets hammered, he gets back up, and he's and he's durable. So, um, who was yeah. that? Um, who was the player that cleaned him up? It was a couple of years last year or the year before? Was it was a big yeah, was, Geelong player or someone like that? It was a massive. Well, hit. Wellingham got him once, Wellingham, yeah. that might have been it. Yeah. yeah, that was a massive but, hit going back with the flight. Yeah, he's, he does it all the time. He sits himself in a hole for a small man, gets punched, and he just always seems to get back up. Yeah. Um, I thought he'd actually go around another year. I would have loved to see him go around, but he just, yeah, he's, he's earned his retirement. So, yeah, that Cade Simpson for mine. What about Definitely. you, Mitch? I've gone with the shin boner of the century, Glenn Archer. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I've gone with Glenn Archer. Um, I reckon just the way that he... I guess it's it's halfway between leadership and courage, I guess, my my selection. But just the way he played, playing on the best forward every week um, and more often than not winning. So I've gone the big arch. He was a bit – I love Glenn Archer and he's definitely one of, the, one of the toughest footballers to go around. But he was a bit of a sniper though as well, wasn't he? He didn't mind uh, – well, Lee Matthews. Lee Matthews, but one of arguably the best player of all time. He was a sniper too. So. Absolutely, Byron Pickett. Yeah, I guess footage, footage just changed a bit. I guess, but yeah, yeah. I guess that's probably my selection's more leaning yeah towards the toughness, uh, leadership sort of hybrid rather than courage. Yeah. But I guess that's similar sort of ballpark. But what about the uh, Tommy shaped up to Wayne Carey? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty crazy game, wasn't it? I would have flinched too. Glenn Archer was shadow punching me. Definitely. Yeah. But apparently Kerry could handle himself pretty well too. So Yeah. righty, gents. Let's move off footy now into the NBA. Now the playoffs are definitely in full swing. So we're into the conference finals. We've got uh, the Heat up on the Celtics with a 3-1 lead. Um, and we've also got the Lakers up against the Nuggets with a 3-1 lead. I just want to give a huge shout out to the Nuggets for actually coming back from that deficit in the first round and the semis as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, what are your thoughts, guys? Heat overachieved for mine. Yeah, so it's obviously by the time this comes out, the, the uh, conference finals will be over and we'll be starting the finals. But, um, yeah, I, I think Heat have overachieved. But, geez, wouldn't it be an awesome story if they won it? And I know it's a COVID-affected season, but um, Jimmy Butler, Kempe's man going got a good mix. They do. They do. Like, Tyler Hero, Hero top yeah. 37. Yeah. He's... Um, most improved player in the past couple of years, for sure. But Bam, yeah. Bam. They stay in the game. Like, they're always in the game. Tyler Hero's a rookie, Nick. This is his first year. I thought he played last year. Like, same season, like, obviously, because of the that, bubble. That might be where I'm confused, yeah. But, but yeah. like, that just, like, plays to your point more. Like, 
Yeah, have the balls to score 37 in game four or whatever of the Eastern Conference Finals against the other guards that are on the that Celtics team in you know Jalen Brown and mm. um, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Kimber Walker is pretty impressive. Does anyone give the Celtics a chance? I think uh, they can both still go to seven. That's yeah. mine. Yep, I I agree. But I mean, I had Celtics four two prior to the series. So um, you mentioned off off air Kempi about Hayward coming back into the side that that would certainly help them. But yeah, Miami's got a lot of momentum. I just, the yeah, I just think he creates for him. He's a facilitator. He yep. he gets the ball around. He can shoot. He's another scoring option for him. If one of the other blokes have got going cold, so. I think he's a massive difference for them and they play a lot better basketball when he's on the court um, or when he's actually in the team. So I think they're a red hot shot to beat the heat. Um, but 3-1, you only need to play one, yeah, you only need to play one bad game and catch you later. So the difference yeah, in this right. series for me is Bam Adebayo. Like he's just like he's a big man, but he can dribble, he can shoot, he can pass. Whereas the Celtics And he can, can block. Yeah, in the, yeah, yeah, exactly. How in was that? This, the Celtics um, big man, you've got, you know, Ennis Cantor, Daniel Tice. Um, they're not really much of a difference maker. Whereas you look at Jimmy Butler and them, they can sort of, you know, hedge their bets and sort of break even with the with the Celtics guys and then Bam Adebayo and even Goran Dragic. He's been really good too. Yeah, he's been good. An ex-Phoenix son. Sure is. Um, started playing well when he got out of that dump. He's playing well when he was there, mate. <laughs> He was the only one at the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just showing you up. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see. What's your finals predictions before we move into cricket? I'm going to go, um, obviously, it's the easy selection, but I'm going Lakers Heat. And I think I'm going to tip Heat with a douchebag sweep 4-1 over the Lakers. Yeah, I think Lakers Heat. I'd, I'd love to see Denver come back from 3-1 again. Um, I can't stand the Lakers. And just on them, how's LeBron's form over the past week or so complaining about not getting the uh, the MVP and, and now the Lakers are putting in a complaint about him not getting to the free throw line. Yeah, uh, and he went from... a flopper in the comp. From game three, he had two free throw attempts and game four, he had 14 attempts after that yeah. memo was sent. So I, I turned it on today. I hope he doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, I turned it on today. Hey. And the first thing I saw was LeBron taking the free throw. So. LeBron, if you're out there, Come on, minute with Mitch, and we'll give you a grilling. LeBron, if you're out there, get your shit together. Just concentrate on basketball. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. I think the Celtics will win. I don't know. I've just got a feeling like I'd love the Heat to go in, but I think the Celtics will win with Hayward Bass. I like what the Lakers did today, starting Howard. Like he had eight points in the first quarter, gave him some offensive board presence. It gives him a little bit of toughness. Um, Rondo's been good. I, I, I never was a massive fan of Jamal Murray. But man, I've like he's showing out, awesome didn't he? Yeah, like th- that bloke's balling some. Yeah, he's just good. Like today was amazing. On it was like him and AD show early on. You see his um, MJ layup. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I totally underrated how good he was. Like he's 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 an all star. Um, but yeah, I still think the Lakers will win. So, and I'm hoping for a Lakers Celtics final. Just that'd be cool to see. Old school yeah. days. All right, now let's move into cricket, guys. Uh, IPL um, in in Dubai mainly, um, but I think there is, from what I can gather, there's still some cricket being played in India as well. Because no, Brett I think Lee broadcasting from there, I don't think they're. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So I think I think they're broadcasting. I could be wrong. I didn't really look at the. Um, yeah, 
I'm not into it as much as without like the crazy Indian fans and everything going on. It just doesn't give the same vibe. Like to me, it just feels like there's something they're pumping out so players can get their money, sponsors can get their ticket. Like I'm not. It's an obligation. I know Nick, you're not a massive IPL fan in the in the best of times, but no. this one's just even. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah. some some results that I thought were pretty cool. Like just keeping an eye on the Aussies, Smith. Um, 69 off 47 in his comeback game after his concussion. Oh. Opening the batting, what do we think about that? Did he? Yeah, right. Yeah, I like, the batting. It, in, I like it in 2020 cricket. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely yeah, test. yeah, 2020, not, nothing else. I just think he's, yeah, it gives him enough time. He, <laughs> Imagine Smudge facing the new ball in test cricket. Mate, his technique, he'd probably yeah. make a few runs still, but fuck hell. Yeah. I think ball swinging all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I think he could do it one day cricket. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, uh, Paddy Cummins in his first game for his uh, KKR, I think he's playing for, got slapped for none for 49 off three overs. Wow. Paddy Cummins. Yeah, got absolutely hammered. I guess in 2020 cricket, he's probably, um, like, I don't know, he's, he can play all forms, but like in 2020 cricket as a batsman, you want the pace on the ball. You want it a little bit short of the length, and that's what, that's what he bowls. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. He doesn't have a lot of change-ups. Yeah. Like he's more of a um, stock line length bowler. Yeah, but we sort of most people thought that of Peter Siddle when he reinvented. Um, yeah, that look a bit that look a little bit slower as well. So like Mitchie said, the ball's not coming onto the bat as much. So um, yeah, batsmen have to generate their own pace. Good point. And the last one was um, Stoinis in his first game. Mm. Um, slapped up 53 and got two for, and it was a draw. Um, and in, I was probably aware of this rule, but in the super over, they got two. So two, sorry, they had two wickets. So two wickets all out. So it was two for two. Yeah. Um, and then the other team just went in and they, um, Muhammad Shami bowled a wide and then they hit two runs and that was game over. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was pretty interesting. I think I was aware of that rule, but it's just different. The big Stoin. Loves yeah. himself, that yeah. guy. I love the Stoin. Eh. Big Adonis. He's a, he's a good cricketer, but mm. a bit, bit about me, 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 rather than... The me time. Yeah. He seems uh, like a different cat. Yeah. Him and Zampa. Him and Zampa, rare. Real yeah. rare. <laughs> All right, guys. Very close, those two. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird setup. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> feel like you and Kepi. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have some great discussions about footy, man, Kepi. <laughs> it's the same discussion every week. <laughs> Throws a shit, cold, not that much better. Same shit every week. Let's move into Multivania anyway, guys. Um, I've gone for something a little bit different. I'm going with the Rugby League, and I'm going to have the Storm to beat uh, St. George Illawarra on the. 27th, which I believe is Sunday, um, and they're at $2.02, and two cents, going in as underdogs. So, yeah, I'm taking the Storm. Yep, no, that's that's fair enough. Um, Storm are going pretty well this year. I don't know if they started overly well, but they've, they've come back well. So, um, I'm because oh, let's be honest, most of our tips have been shit so far, and we've gone Speak for yourself. Yeah, well, you, you got one last week, but I, I haven't picked, I don't think I've picked a winner yet, so I'm going for a roughie. Lincoln McCarthy, first goal against uh, Richmond in the finals. Um, he's Juicy done it for me before. Got it, 15 bucks I got him at. He did it last week. Picked that. Um, I've, 
I got him at uh, in the Port Adelaide game last year too at uh, at juicy odds too. So um, just got a habit of bobbing up and, and kicking that first one. So bring it home, Link. Got form. Um, so I'm going um, NFL and I'm going for my team. I'm all over them at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> the mighty Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and my man, Big Ben, absolutely throwing some heat at the moment. So I think they'll beat uh, the Houston Texans. <laughs> and I think they'll win. They've got an average winning margin somewhere in the 7 to 12 um, bracket over their two games. <laughs> so I'm going Pittsburgh to win 7 to 12 points. Um, what's it, what's and I'm basing that on my expertise NFL um, abilities, and uh, I'm pretty confident. Very good. I, I love how you've just thrown yourself into the, into the Steelers, mate, and just you know, you and stats, you know, yeah, you and Snooper Loop. Well, I've got them at. I've got them. Got twenty dollars on, on them at twenty three. They've come into twenty one. So cash I'm out all over it. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, I like doing this, so let's continue our new segment from our previous episode, and we're going to call it something a bit different this week, brought to you by Craig Kemp at Wine Time. Wine, wine, fucking wine. So we're going to have a bit of a whinge again. Uh, can I start? I'm going to keep with the supermarket theme. Go for it. Now, I had a bit of a go at um, the price of breakfast cereal last episode. And <laughs> it might be a bit first world problemish, but I don't care. I don't, no, I still stick by that. But this, this week, um, I'm going to get stuck into fruit and veg departments. <laughs> Is this just going to be the thing? You're just going to go through every single bit of the worst and... <laughs> Maybe we'll see. The bakery next week, then the butcher. I had a little birdie that may or may not have used to work in a fruit and veg department in um in a in a well known supermarket brand tell me that they actually used to spray the broccolis full of water before putting them out onto the shelf so that they weigh more at the checkout so that you pay more for nothing. Now what are we talking an extra dollar? Now, and that brings me to the point. This is why I do this. I go to the supermarkets and I've sometimes I'm partial to snap the end of a broccoli so I don't have to pay for the stalk that I'm not going to eat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you told okay. us. But what honestly, you cannot have a fruit and veg department spraying and pumping it full of water so that they just squeeze more money out of you. That $1 can go a long way in 52 weeks. It's $52. I'm going to start calling you Mitch today, tonight, Noi. Well, Breaking all the big stories. Supermarkets, get your shit together. Otherwise, you realize you can cook the stalk up, mate. It tastes yeah. fine. No, I'm more of a floret operator than a stalk setup. <laughs> I reckon I know Nick's um, solution to this. Don't Just eat don't, don't buy <laughs> broccoli. Have you, ever walked, have you ever walked into a fruit and veg department, Nick? Yeah, I get my bananas. I think you're more of a, more, more of a short arms, long, long pockets type operator, Mitchie. <laughs> I don't mind a bit of a broccolini. I'll eat the stalk of a broccolini, but broccoli, I'm not with that. No, I wouldn't touch it. Harry eats it. Oh, I eat it. I eat broccoli, but just not the stalk. Like you freaks. Well, I don't <laughs> eat either. Mate. <laughs> it's something that would not have even crossed my mind. Basically, stop fleecing the little guy and start just putting out on the shelf what you know, so we can pay for what we want to pay for. You know how you counteract that, mate. What? 
you eat grapes on the way through, you go to scoop and why you eat a few nuts, you eat a few lollies out the scoop and why, mate, you get your money's worth. You look at the broccoli, then you add the breakfast cereal, all of a sudden I'm five bucks down for the fortnight. (laughs) (laughs) And that's my Monday morning coffee. I don't want that bad boy. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, tight ass. Yes, that's me. But yes, anyway, moving on. I thought, I, thought my, I thought my wine was going to be pathetic, but and it is, but that was bad. <laughs> so my, my wine is really stupid. Um, I, I hate getting sick, and I know when I'm about to get sick is the, the very first sneeze I have is when, when I'm about to get sick. So I, I hold off on it and hold off, and I hold my sneezes in forever. I fucking hate sneezing. It is the worst <laughs> thing in the world. I, I sneeze and then straight away I feel like shit and I feel like shit right now because I sneezed earlier and I'm thinking, oh, no, nah, <laughs> that the world's coming to an end. I'm getting sick. Well, so the it kind of is, man. It is coming to an end. Let's drill down on this. You think if you sneeze, you get sick straight afterwards. I do, but if every you hold time. it in, you don't get sick. <laughs> that's the way it works for me. So Hang I on. hate sneezing. Is that I what hold... you're saying? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, I hold my sneezes you... in. Until until I can't for for any longer, and it just if it just pops out, and now I'm like fuck. Now I'm like, <laughs> maybe I'm you should eat some more broccoli stalks. That might <laughs> give you a few vitamins that you need. No, I'd rather save my money. I'm penny pinching like Mitch. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's my whinge about sneezing. I told you it was pathetic, but still. Do you realise what a sneeze is equivalent to? What? An orgasm. Only if you do seven. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's what I've been told. Hang on, I've got another one popping in my head. Banana skins. Why do I have to pay for the skin of a banana? I'm not going to eat that. Are you going to make me eat that too? You know that the skin keeps it clean. Yeah, I know, but you right. pay per kilo and you just chuck the skin in the bin. It frustrates me. So you're not, not paying for the box of your cereal? Or do you just want to scoop it out? and Put it in your, in your long pockets, mate. Bring, no. You might as well just bring it. You might as well just bring your bowls in, mate. Load I just hate bowls. getting fleeced. Like Ten bowls. Like <laughs> I hate getting fleeced. Anyway, that's my second one. Back to you, Kempi. Okay, so hang on. I'm just going to have to take a sip of my wine before I wine. Oh. Segway. You know what my wine is? Here we go. This is about <laughs> me. Irrelevant. You boys might know what's coming here. My wine is people that bloody change the time of appointments or meetings when they're scheduled in on a certain day, when you've got everything planned. Do I have right now, on the fly after this? So you set your week up, you're going to do something. You say, righto, this is all happening. Get a phone call in the morning or a message in the morning. Sorry, can't make it. Can we do it this time? Well, fucking throw my day out. False. It just gives me the, I'm a planner. I like organizing. I need to know when stuff Mate. is. I've got a life and people bloody muck shit around on me. Makes me unhappy. Well, you feel me, Mitch? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Fucking fancy, bloody fucking breakfast. Hey, it's not when, a bit of work for a living. Uh, actually, the the breakfast was a work do, which you didn't attend. So, anyway, let's let's move on with that. But I agree. This is why. This is why you have common courtesy. You schedule a time in. You give the common courtesy for the others involved to send a message an hour before. Hey guys, just in case this time does not work, let's schedule another time just so that we can actually record the podcast. <laughs> so don't be that, that would don't be really be... good if you didn't have something booked in for the morning that you could have done, but you've 
put it off till the afternoon because you thought it was happening in the morning. Well, mate, communication is key. Tell us that you got a job on in the morning and we won't do it in the morning. Wait. We could have done it tonight from the start. Don't you start, Nick. Can we please do it at 7.30? I won't make it. <laughs> I was eating dinner. Come on, mate. When am I meant to have my tea? Freaking 10 o'clock at night, mate. Hey, hang on, hang on. Do you say you were eating dinner? You told yeah. us you were pushing shit up here to get there by 7. Because I was, because I was cooking dinner. I was cooking dinner oh, late. Cooking dinner. Cooking eat. dinner and then eating dinner. Okay. I'd like to have dinner I, with my family. I've got dedication to this podcast. I, I don't eat. <laughs> It's Friday night, wine. mate. You, you just ducked down the Maccas after this. <laughs> that's it. Right. Anyway, that's my wine. We could keep whining all night, and we're going to. But um, let's move into Nick's list, one that I'm very excited about, Nico. Five, four, three, two, one. Thanks, Mitchie. It's good to hear you're excited about that, mate. Uh, so don't let me down again. again when have I let you down? <laughs> Potato products. You can't be putting potato cakes in Please. at number five. They're delicious. Wedges. No. All right. So in light of um, the great uh, Dean Jones passing away um, yesterday, um, awful news to hear of the one of Australia's finest batsmen from the 80s and 90s um, passing away, yeah. we decided to go with top five uh, gutsiest Aussie innings in uh, honour of the great Dean Jones. So we'll get stuck into it. Um, so number five, I've gone for uh, Steve Waugh, um, 1995 tour of the Caribbean when uh, he stood up to Curtly Ambrose. So Curtly, obviously the West Indies were just sort of on the, the decline, but the Aussies hadn't beaten them, beaten them there since 1973. Um, Steve Waugh took it upon himself to, to stand up to the West Indies, and in particular, Kirtley Ambrose, with a, and Kirtley gave him the stare. He just said to him, what the fuck are you looking at? And, and then doubled down by saying, uh, why don't you go and get fucked? So you know, <laughs> I've got a lot of respect for Steve Waugh for standing up to Kirtley Ambrose, who had to be held back by Richie Richardson. And uh, I think Steve Waugh went on to make 63 in that innings, um, not out. So Kirtley didn't get the better of him, and, um, and the Aussies ended up winning the series. So first first time in in 22 years and and started their stranglehold on on world cricket yeah good call good call i have a lucky red hanky yes i haven't i haven't heard a lot about that one seeing as i was minus one (laughs) (laughs) look it up on uh youtube yeah i've seen i think i've seen replays of it but yeah pretty sure there are replays yeah good to see live uh so number four one a little bit more recent um the ashes from from last year uh with steve smith Smudge, going up against uh, Jofra Archer, one of the it was just scintillating when when Archer was bowling at the time with the with the uh, English crowd behind him and bowling you know, 150, 155k bounces. Um, at uh, one one forty five. Don't get these hurricane goals. Yeah, come on, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see you face him, mate. But yeah, obviously when he when he hit um, Smith and he dropped to the ground motionless, it was um, it was yeah, pretty. Uh, Graphic viewing, and uh, after all the Phil Hughes stuff, we didn't know what was going to happen there. But the, uh, for him to come back out after that and make 92, um, and then obviously miss the next game, so for him to come back out that day was was pretty amazing and, and gutsy stuff. Yeah, and you know what was courageous? Peter Siddle going in straight afterwards. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Like, he, when he retired, he told that story. He was like, 
Yeah, right. Eh? I've just, just seen Steve Smith, the best batsman in the world, get dropped by one of the quickest bowls in the world. Now I've got to go out and face him as number 10 or whatever he was. He, he yep. made a few runs too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he did. Yep. yep. And, and obviously the other thing with that one is um, that was coming off, that was Australia's first tour back since Sam Papu incident down in South Africa and obviously the crowd were right into Smith and Warner and I think that went a long way to him earning back the respect of not just the Australian public but I think the international cricket public as well so um, that was huge. Uh, number three I've gone for uh, Rod McCosker in the centenary test he, um, he copped a broken jaw from from Bob Willis I think this was back in 77 um, copped a bouncer in the, in the first innings and um, was unable to continue but um, he went back out in the second innings uh, with a broken jaw, which is pretty ballsy. He only made 25, mm. but he helped steer Australia to victory in what was one of the, yeah, big, obviously, the centenary test against England. It was, um, it was a massive occasion, and um, it goes down in the folklore um, for, for McCosker, who you know, I, I can't imagine you know, going out and, uh, with a broken jaw. Just, you'd be worrying about it the whole time, and um, it's pretty ballsy there. Reminds me a bit of Alex Carey in the World Cup. They have a broken jaw. Well, he had his, you remember, you remember he had his head taped up? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He yep. Keeping the ball come up and hit him on that. Yeah. yeah. Was, you could see the blood coming through the bandage or whatever. Yep. Um, yeah. But well, that's he pretty, pretty gutsy. He made 70 odd, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rick McCosker would have went out there and he still would have saw all the blood stain on the pitch. Yeah. He would have, yeah. What did I, say? I said Rod McCosker, didn't I? Yeah, Rick McCosker. Yeah. So here's number three. Uh, number two is not a guy I'm not a huge fan of um, as a cricketer, <laughs> but it was one of the guts. I was actually there at the Adelaide Oval to see this one. It was um, Michael Clark when he made 128 against India. Um, he did it with a pretty dodgy back. You know, he was just battling to keep his spot in the side, oh, yeah. I think. And, um, and it was just a week after they buried Phil Hughes, who was obviously yeah. his, his best mate. So I was at that game. That was bloody good yeah. to see. Same. It was just, yeah, it was pretty inspirational stuff. Um, he retired hurt, came back, and I think that day he, he put himself up there with some of the, the great Aussie captains. I think pretty prior to that, people saw him as a you know, very talented batsman um, who, you know, but as a bloke who might not necessarily have had the grit of a Steve Waugh or a Ricky Ponting or, or Alan Border. Um, yeah, he turned that around that day. Like yeah, so respect where it's due. Michael Clark was yeah. brilliant that day. Change um, perceptions on them, I think, that day. Yeah, definitely. And number one, as, as mentioned at the start of the top five, um, Dean Jones in the, uh, in the test against India. Over there, um, we all know the story, dehydration, vomiting. Um, you know, Indian conditions are the toughest conditions in, in world cricket. You know, I've played in 45 degrees um, up here in Renmark, and I don't think that compares to what you have to go through over there in India because it's everything else, all the external factors as well. Um, he wanted to retire hurt, but Alan Border said uh, he'd give, get a Queenslander to, to finish the job. So he stayed out there and scored 210, which is still the highest score by um, in India by an Australian cricketer. So um, these blokes weren't finely tuned athletes back then. Either. They were yeah. you know, blokes like us who you know, loved a beer after the game and that sort of thing. And um, for we him to go out and do that. Yeah, that's right. So um, he lost some ridiculous amount of... So it went on a drip for the next two days or something. Yeah, it lost a ridiculous amount of weight. Um, yeah, it's, to make 210 in those conditions is just unbelievable. So in honour of the great Dean Jones, uh, number one in this, this, this week. Yeah. Uh, good it. call. Good call. 
It's there's there's plenty around, isn't there? What about the Kawaja innings in Pakistan? To say that that was that was a fair effort. Hunt three hundred and two balls, five hundred and twenty-four minutes. Yeah, I think that's what what um, Australians were just wanted to see from Kawaja too, because he hadn't really provided any of that grip before. So that was that was brilliant. Uh, Alan Border and Justin Langer had, a, had quite a few um, innings like that as well with that dug in. About Michael Hussey when they thought he was going to be done and he made that hundred mm. oval, I reckon. Yeah, Matty Hayden as well did, did that as well. I think in the 05 Ashes, they thought he was done. Not Make so much. Ninety nine at number eleven on debut. Does that count as tough? Who was that? Ashton Agar when he made ninety nine on debut. Oh. Yeah, that, that was huge. It's a different tough. Yeah, no, that was massive. I remember staying up to watch that. What about Gilchrist knocking 153 balls at the Wacker? <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> yeah. All righty, let's move into last drinks uh, with Kim. Okay, chaps, I ventured. Um, from my humble abode in Murray Bridge up the Southern Eastern Freeway through the toll gate all the way Southern through the city. What? Southern Eastern. South Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys make so many mistakes with your pronunciation and names. I just let it ride. Oh, you're just pissed, <laughs> mate. And make this episode go for longer than it needs to, then so be it. Be Maybe we should have... Maybe we should have done it at ten fifteen, so you weren't drunk. You weren't drunk. <laughs> but anyway, I drove up the Southern Eastern Freeway <laughs> through the toll gate, through the city, and down Port Road to a little place called. Well, it's actually not that little. It's a big place. It's called Big Shed Brewing, um, and went there for a couple of beers after watching a little bit of football. And it's a bloody magnificent spot, gents. I've played. If you get a chance to go down that um, part of the world, go to Big Shed Brewing. It's a really good spot. It's, it's, it's a big warehouse, so the shed pops up. They've got some outside area, inside area. They've got so many beers on tap, ciders, all that sort of stuff. I didn't eat anything, but the food that I saw got delivered out. It was amazing. The menu was amazing. So big tick to those guys doing great things. Um, and I, I tried many beers. Probably could have tried many, many more if I wasn't driving. Um, but the beer I chose was a California Cater. But I could get that out of the late stages of the night. You've done well, very well. Um, so yeah, the California Cater, um, which is a West Coast IPA, and I'm giving it three and a half. Um, whatever color beard you want, that five. Um, blue beard, huh? Blue beards. Blue beards, yeah, blue beards. Um, it's a, it's a fruity type of beer with a little bit of bitterness to it. Um, I quite enjoyed it, actually. Um, they've got so many there. I, another one I had was a, the F year. I'm not 100% sure what the F stands for, but hopefully one of our um, <laughs> listeners will be able to help us out there. Um, that was quite nice. That was sort of a, a paywall. And the other one, which I really liked, and it was pretty potent, was a boozy fruit. It was sort of had a lot of a nectar flavour in it, but... Um, it was really good. One I didn't get to try was like a golden sour. It's like a golden daytime sour, I think. Um, but yeah, they had so many beers there. Like I was like in the candy store. I was a um, cyphophile, <laughs> as they might say. Um, but yeah, so Big Shed Brewing, the California Cater, I'm giving it three out of five. Three and a half, sorry, out of five. Beautiful. Love it. 
we might have to go down there and uh, sample a few in a few podcast meetings, I reckon. Indeed. Yeah, definitely. It's really, really good. The beer was good. The place was good and the company was even better. Um, do you want to elaborate so, on that? Is that it? <laughs> Before we finish, uh, just, I suppose we better say um, good luck to Mitchie for tomorrow. Yes. Uh, big GF is on the cans tonight, so hopefully he actually performs. <laughs> A few hey, more of those running back with the flight, Mitchie. Yeah, right, so, uh, hope you do well, mate. Hope you get best on the ground. And hope the Blues get over the line. So I've got a brother-in-law playing. No, I hope we go all right. I hope we win. Um, be interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> Funny that. Oh, fuck the Lions. Hope they lose. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be first grand final I've ever played in. So it'll be, really? Wow. Yeah. Be, be good to have a good showing. So Is hopefully we go all right. Did, how'd you go against them last time? Uh, last time we played them in the qualifying final, we got done pretty convincingly, but we beat them during the year. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, grand final, anything can happen, I guess. Up the bloods. Can't be I don't know about you. You said you said good luck, but I don't know. I don't know whether you mean it. No, I'm going for him. So like I said, I hope you get best on ground, but I hope him win the flag. James Clark, my sister's boyfriend or fiance plays for them, so I support the family a little bit. Be interesting. Be interesting. All right. We won't bore the listeners with any more of that uh River Murray Footy League chat, but um <laughs> Yeah, thanks for joining us. As always, like, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, give us a rate um, on your podcast app, give us a, us a review, and um, hopefully you made it through the podcast listening to Kempi's Dribble. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. Anyway, yeah, I heard that. Be a legend, a girl beer. You've been listening to The Bearded Triplets. Make sure you find the team on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Bearded Triplets. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review the show on any platform you stream for your podcast. Thank you very much for listening on behalf of Mitch, Kempi and Dillo. We'll see you next time.